welcome to 8Tracks, a show where we look at 8Tracks that share a theme. This week's theme is transformative covers. As always, we want you to listen along to the playlist provided in the description. You can either follow along with us as we say track 1, you go listen to track 1, or you can listen to them all before. We just want you to have heard them. As always, I'm joined by Katie. How are you doing, Katie? Hi. Good morning, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm alright. Oh, yeah, you sound alright. <laughs> Oof. Got the lockdown blues. Yeah. Just imagine like a 12-bar blues song. It's like, can't go outside. Do, 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 do. I'm trapped in my home. Can only eat beans. <laughs> so we're talking this week about transformative covers. What we mean by that is when a band covers a song and makes it their own. Like, really changes it up and keeps you interested. So shall we go to our first track? Yes, Jamie, let's. First up this week is me, and I have chosen Take On Me by Cap and Jazz. I'm oh, sorry. Fuck. fuck. Track one. One, two, three, four. So I'd like to apologise for starting this week with a Cap and Jazz song, but the first time they've been back since the Hard Sells episode, episode one. When I die, right, <laughs> and I go to hell. That song will be played at me for the rest of eternity to simply make my experience of hell as bad as it could possibly be. I love that cover. I, I think it's brilliant. I cannot stand it. It's because you can't stand Cap and Jazz, though. I really can. I re- like. I understand why you like Cap and Jazz, mm. but I cannot stand Cap and Jazz. I cannot understand how American football. A good band mm. with a great singer came from Captain Jazz, whose lead singer sounds like a hedgehog being run over by a ten-ton truck. It's because they're brothers. Does he not have the balls to say to his brother, "You can't fucking sing"? But I like that about Captain Jazz. Like everything they do is dissonant. I mean, that takes a very, very poppy song, mm. which actually took aha two versions to get right. If you've mm. ever heard the original mix of "Take on Me," it's not very good. Right. But the international mix hit it big, and it's a good song. Mm-hmm. But Cap and yeah. Jazz have taken it apart and made it really dissonant and brought that emo edge to it and the patented emotion that they bring to all their songs. Yeah, I think my favourite bit is with the line, slowly learning that life is okay, is that it? It could be, I'm not... You're not a big I'm AHA fan? A, I'm not a big AHA stan, if I'm honest. I thought you were like heavy into Morton. Big Morton. I mean, Big Morton is crew. No, I wouldn't ask to turn AHA off. But, you know, like, the sun always shines on TV. That's a banger. I needed to have a good Bond theme. The Living Daylights like, is a bop. Yeah, but why would you take a great song and then Captain Jazz just go and, like, just fucking drop their trousers and shit all over it? Right. First of all, fuck you. Anyway, point I was making, in the Captain Jazz version, in the slowly learning that life is okay, he goes, slowly learning that life is okay. Like that. And uh-huh. I enjoy that for some reason. Right, okay. It makes me laugh. Well, I'm glad. I like. I don't think they're shitting on it. I think they're absolutely just taking their own spin on it, and it is transformative. Yeah. It has the same melody, but I mean, like that's about all it shares. It's mm. dissonant as fuck. It actually shares more characteristics with jazz. Yeah. Like what a lot of their songs do, but with a kind of emo edge to them. Sure. They always say that math rock is emo jazz. Right. Okay. And I think cap and jazz are the perfect example of that. That's fair enough. Not to sound like a true VL. I mean, you're too late. (laughs) I think it's probably their most accessible song 
really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really? I don't know. Oh. Well, we've talked about puddle splashers before. Did you think that was more accessible or this? I think my main issue is the fact that, to me, none of it is accessible. Yeah, I mean, like it's still got a hard barrier for entry. That's why it was on our yeah. hard sales list. But I think this is slightly more accessible. I think it's easier to get people to like a song that they already like, if that makes sense. Yeah, and this is far more traditionally structured song-wise than a lot of Captain Jazz numbers, which don't tend to have like choruses or verses. They just tend to be a flowing thing. Yeah. Just to finish us up with Captain Jazz, because I know, Katie, you can't take much more of this oh, chat. No, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. Mike Kinsella earlier from American Football and Captain Jazz simply tweeted, Captain Jizz, you're welcome. I don't feel welcome. I feel welcome. I feel the opposite of welcome. Katie, you're up. Thank God. Okay. This is Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Black Pink. That was Tainted Love by Soft Cell. What a tune. It's a great song. It was a cover of a Gloria Jones song. Yep. Very, um, very different song. They slowed very, it right down. They actually changed the key. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't surprise me as well. I did not know because I know nothing about the finer points of music because I'm an idiot. Well, he's a different range to her entirely. Yeah, he's got a he's got quite a low voice, does old Mark Almond's. Yeah, I think he's a baritone old, still technically. Teeth, swallow tattoos. Your weird uncle Mark Almond. I love him. He's a good lad. Bit of a fanny, but you know, what what can you really ask for? Hi. And they slowed it right down, gave it like a totally different feel to the original. Yeah, the original doesn't feel quite as sinister. No, and it's a faster soul piece, you know what I mean? It's it's yeah, got an absolute yeah. beat to it then. Bum, bum. Totally. So yeah, well sped up and like a different energy to it entirely, where his is much Absolutely. more brooding and, you know, perfect for the fucking 80s pop scene. Yeah, yeah. On the other side of the record was a cover of Where Did Our Love Go? Okay. Uh, which is another cover as well, which would have been my other choice, because I love Soft Cell. Soft Cell um, are great. I really, really love Soft Cell. I think when we were at uni, so mm. when was that, like... Five years ago. Five years ago, yeah. I only really got into Nonstop Erotic Cabaret, mm-hmm. which is the album that's on. And it's just, it's such a good album. See, I've never given them proper listen. They were always no. in my house. My mum was really into them. She's always loved Mark Hammond. Highly recommend Nonstop Erotic Cabaret. Nice. Really good album. I was just saying, as we were watching the video for that there, I, I don't think I've ever watched the video properly. I've only ever seen it in the background. So like when we're yeah. playing SingStar and Katie's belting this out, or if we're at a bowling alley. For some reason, this is a very much of bowling alley song, right? Um... I've never found that, but that's because the Pro Bowl and Kirk and Tellick exists in a completely different yeah. time. They play like modern stuff, which is the first time I've yeah. ever seen that in a bowling alley. It's such a weird place. It, it's aesthetically stuck in 91. There's like one specific broken monitor that looks like a fucking Vaporwave album cover. Yeah, and it just constantly shows a picture of like a 3D render of a burger. Oh, with a palm tree next to it, it's great. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I always pick a song on Thingstar. It's because it's a tune. Uh, like, I, yeah, and I have a big man voice. I don't think so. You're an alto, but like, I don't think you're particularly... You're not the deepest singer I've ever heard. Oh, well, thanks. I think that was a compliment. 
I don't know. I don't even know if you're an alto. Actually, you might be a mezzo soprano. Here's me. I don't know what these words mean. So this that means, is like that means lower soprano, because <laughs> you still hit highs actually. So I don't know. If yeah, I me. Agree. Don't know what soprano is. So soprano is high female, alto is low female, mezzo soprano is in the middle. Oh, I can be the middle. I'm fine. Tenor is high male, baritone is middle male, bass is low male. Okay. So that's you know we all learned something here today, and I think that's I think that's beautiful. Welcome to standard grade music, or it's not even standard grade. Welcome to first and second year of high school music. I'm right, you say that I attended first and second year high school music, and it, I didn't get taught a thing. I got taught that I can't play the keyboard, and I was fine at the drums, but nobody wanted to give me an opportunity to excel. To be honest, all I really got taught in high school music was the uh, DJ function of the keyboards. The one that goes, DJ! DJ! Oh, that klaxons use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ! Ah, 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 DJ! Yeah, yeah, you go, ah, ah, ah. I remember being in Zik Theater and then just putting that on, like, full blast. And then hearing, like, a room full of first years in the other room just repeat it back at me. Nice. And it went on for five minutes until a teacher came through and saw it was, like, a 17-year-old do it. And she was just like, just gonna fucking stop that. You should know better. And yet you did not. I was just like, yeah, sure. She left her and was like, DJ, fuck the Soft sale are really good. They are, and like that's definitive eighties pop right there. Oh yeah, it's big coked up vibes. It's up there with like Human League and <gasps> yes, love Human League. Dexy's Midnight Runners and mm. <laughs> I know you hate Dexy's, but mm. I think it's mm. essential. And you can really not talk about it in a list where yes. you're talking about transformative covers because they do completely yeah. make it their own. Speaking of making it their own. Next up, we have Keep On Loving You by Cigarettes After Sex. Track That is mellow as fuck and I love it. It's really good. I don't think I like really appreciated it until I saw them do it live. Yeah. I knew they'd done it, but then when we were seeing them live, I was like, wait, is this a fucking REO Speedwagon song? <laughs> and then I really thought about it. I was like, yeah, they've changed it from this really kind of pumped up 80s power ballad to this absolute chill kind of. It's brooding as well. I think it makes it like the soft set one a lot darker. Yeah, very much so. And as someone at that show said, so sensual. Don't remind me of that. We've definitely spoken about that before. Yeah. The worst audience in live music history. I think Cigarettes After Sex knock it out of the park with their style. And they do have this unique, very lo-fi feel to them. Yeah. I think my favourite thing about them is that the, the lead singer looks nothing like his voice sounds. I know. He doesn't suit his voice. He doesn't. I love that. And like, I think that's partially why a lot of their album art or yeah. a lot of their videos aren't them. Oh, do you think? Yeah, yeah, they keep themselves, like, like the only time you actually see them is when they play live. They're not in any of their stuff. They have this very clear aesthetic on all their mm. art. And it was black and white. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's brilliant. It yeah. really represents them. Yeah, I get that, actually. That makes sense. This was just a little B-side of a single they released. I prefer it to the original version, if I'm being honest. Oh, really? I would listen to this over REO Speedwagon any day. Right. I've never willingly chosen to listen to REO Speedwagon. Unless you were around in the 80s, I don't think you would. Yeah. Even then, I think I'd be struggling to be like, here, let's, let's stick on big REO Speedwagon. Oh, I got the new REO Speedwagon record, and everyone's like, ah, drop that shit. <laughs> Has it got... I don't even know another fucking REO Speedwagon song. I was, I was, I was trying... I was trying... 
neither of us can name a single other REO Speedwagon song. And yet he inspired one of the best Jojo characters. Was just about to say the only good thing that came out of REO Speedwagon was the Jojo character. And the ensuing Speedwagon Foundation. I say that, I know nothing about REO Speedwagon. They could be the nicest guys. They could be really sound. And we are sitting ripping them to shreds. I'll be honest, not as sound as cigarettes are to sex. Fair enough. I like how lo-fi they are and how stripped yeah. back that is compared to that. Like it, although it's stripped back, it still has the power behind the chorus. It's mm. just a different vibe entirely. Yeah, yeah. Because it still it is still like a really good hook, and slowing it down adds emphasis to it in a different way than the original. Yeah. Thing. Again, very like soft cell. Yeah, it's like from you know soft cell covering a song from the six. That was from the sixties, wasn't it? The original. Sixty four, I believe, but don't quote me on it. From an eighties song covering a song from the sixties to a song from the twenty tens covering a song to the eighties, it shares mm. striking similarities. Yeah. That's kind of actually why I placed them together on the playlist because right. I thought yeah those are similar covers mm. that completely make it their own Katie your pick yeah next. hi oh god not me again <laughs> my next pick is Cake's cover of I Will Survive Track so that was Cake with their cover of Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. You were saying more or since that people don't like that. People don't like that song, and do you know who doesn't like it the most of all? Who? <laughs> Gloria Gaynor. Oh, does she hate it? She hates it because the presence of profanity. Oh. Because he says, I changed my fucking lock. So Gloria Gaynor, who I think is a born-again Christian, I'm not entirely sure, and who has clearly never said the word fuck in her entire life. Mind your profanity. <laughs> she hates that. So People hate cake as well, if I'm being people honest. People hate cake so much. I don't know why there's such a backlash to them. I don't know. I really like them, and I really like that weird way of like, singing that John McCrea has. The way he sings alongside the music kind of creates this polyrhythmic feel to cake. So yeah, while he's yeah, going at no, a completely I, different I, rhythm. Uh, yeah. They're going at their own right beat, but they're going at two separate beats. Yeah, like, I think The Distance is a great example of that. That makes for some really good syncopation as well. And it adds to, you know, it's part of Cake's style. Yeah, totally. I just found out that it has a name. What's it called? It's called Spreskesang. Okay. Which is German for spoken singing. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. does, he does speak saying, I mean, that's, that's a way of putting it. I really like that cover. I know a lot of people don't. I like trumpets. I mean, Cake are a very trumpety band. I like that, though. I like trumpets. I like the addition of trumpets. I think that when a trumpet comes in, I know I'm going to have a good time. I mean, that's interesting because you hate ska. I do. I do hate ska. So do you like trumpets and not like trombones? Do you know, I don't think I'm musically inclined enough to know the difference, but I think I get a different vibe from a trumpet and a trombone. I like the horns in Cake, and I like the horns in, like, Violent Femmes and all that. To be fair, like, Sky, um, for me, kind of speeds it up, and maybe it's that kind of aspect you don't like of it. It has this, you know, upbeat reggae rhythm to it. Maybe that's where you find issue with it. I think that may be where it is, because I've never really liked reggae very much. Hmm. I don't like UB40. I mean, I would, I struggle to call UB40 reggae. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think everyone does. I don't, I don't think anyone likes UB40. To be fair, oh, apart from the band that Brian Ferry was in, 
Roxy Music. See, I wouldn't call them reggae either. Nah, but they steal from reggae. Oh, they absolutely as, do. They absolutely as do. the white man is known to do. Yes. And I, I'm not wild on their reggae stuff. I can take or leave a lot of Roxy music. I prefer their rockier stuff because they do have some really yeah. interesting rocky stuff, especially when they still have Brian Eno. Yeah. That was good shit. But, totally. But it's a cake. I like yes. that cover as well. And mm. I, I like the way it builds. Just, you know, starting off with a very minimal drum presence and mm. a banging bass line and just the acoustic guitar hitting out with the chords. And then that way that the, the uh, electric guitar kicks in, I think just before the chorus, really builds up nicely to a crescendo at the chorus i just yeah i really like cake that seems to be the style of a lot of their songs yeah like jolene um, yes which is an absolute tune um, yeah it's a great song yeah and short skirt long jacket as well does a similar yeah. thing comfort ego which is probably the most famous song is an outlier in that kind of thing yeah that's very guitar not a lot of trumpet but yeah no i really like cake in both its sponge and musical forms <laughs> No, um, I, I think they're they're blasted a bit too heavily. And yeah, I don't understand why Kate gets so much shit. I really don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, just let people enjoy music. Like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't like Captain Jazz, but I would never form a crusade against Captain Jazz. I know. I I think Feeder gets the same thing. Why? Feeder are really good. Just Aye. let people make pop rock. It's fine. I know. Let it live. It's fun. Like, yeah. Why can't music be fucking fun? Exactly. And Cake's music is fun, which is what Cake's, I enjoy about Cake's it. Music is so much fun. They are so much fun. And all of their songs are about fucking fast American style cars or the devil or the devil who's also a fast American style car. And commercialism. Yes. Or sometimes the environment, because John McRae is really into the environment. Good man. Good man. Yeah, he needs to he needs to get rid of that fucking goatee, but he doesn't have a goatee, he has a beard. Oh, does he? Yeah, he has a big beard. He's a big beardy boy. In that video for um, I Will Survive, he had a honking goatee, though. Oh, sorry. He's doing a beard thing these days. Oh. I like it. I, I vibe it. So he took my advice before I gave it. Good man. Precisely. Precisely. He knew this was coming. Yes. He knew that someday on a tiny podcast, someone would be like, here, your goatee's fucking rotten, mate. Goatees went through a phase. I know. And I, like, as a, <laughs> this is a weird thing to say, but, like, you know, in, like, the character creators in the game, yeah. As a kid, my characters always had fucking big beast and soul patches. I don't know why. I blame new metal. Yeah, I do too. From a fun pop song to the complete opposite next. Husker Do with Eight Miles High. So that was a bit of a change in pace. It was. I love that cover. I think it completely makes like it. That. Did you? I was expecting you to hate that. Yeah, I know, because you said during the song, and I was like, okay, I'll listen really closely just in case, like, I do hate it, so I have something to say that's mm. constructive, because I really do object to just saying, like, mean things for the sake of being mean, unless mm, yeah. it's about people, in which case, come at me. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that just fine. So I... what's that a couple of? Like, who did that first? So the birds did that first. Okay. And it is a folk song. Is it really? Yeah, oh. it's, it's a very different song. Right. Like it sounds entirely different. Husker do have sped it up. They have added fucking layers and layers of distortion and chorus to the guitar yeah. and made this wall of fuzz. Mm. And yeah, it, it was the, actually the first Husker do song I ever heard. Oh, was it really? Yeah, this is what sold me on Husker do. I got recommended mm. it on a Spotify playlist. Yeah. And it's such a powerful piece of music. Yeah, because I actually I was kind of expecting you to pick Therapy's cover of Diane. 
Mm, that would have been a shout, actually. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, I was when you picked the Husker Du track, I was like, oh, he must be picking that instead of Therapy's cover of Diane. Because yeah. I know that you love that song, and I know you love Husker Du. But yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. I, I've never heard the original either, so I'll, I don't really have much of a point of comparison. I'll put it on just after we've done this segment so you can hear it. Yeah, but, sure. um It is entirely different. Um, right, okay. And, it, you know, it's Bob Mould screaming his fucking lungs out for the entire thing. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. Diction isn't a strong suit, as you can tell no, by the, the no, later courses, but I love that. And He doesn't super enunciate, but, like, that's fine. I, I love hearing a punk band cover a song that's completely out of their style and just yeah. completely owning it as well. Yeah, totally. I know, like, for some folk, this might be a bit of a more difficult listen. I, I think Husker Du are a bit of a hard sell for folk who aren't into punk. Again, because yeah. they are screamy and they are like wall of noisy, but they are such an incredibly important band in the development of the sound of punk and mm. indie music, actually, and post punk. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. A lot of bands that people love nowadays just wouldn't exist without Husker Do. Mm. And they're absolutely genius songwriting. It's that wall of noise, it's the seemingly impenetrable soundscape that they create that mm. is so influential like you wouldn't have my bloody valentine without husker yeah du. i was literally about to say that like shoegaze as a genre just couldn't exist yeah. without husker du doing this yeah, totally. and like it's mad they were doing this in the fucking late 70s which is just insane yeah. it's so far ahead incredible. of its time i think that's absolutely incredible like you always put husker du songs in on and ask me to tell you when i think they came out and i'm like 94 Mm. Is it 94? And it's I mean, not. Like, it's, it's like, like 1981. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, just like, oh, well, I would never have guessed that. I think this is a later one. I think this right. might be from the early 90s. Because they did, I think their last album was like 94. But yeah, this is one of their later covers. But I think it's them at the peak of, like, they... Because it took them a minute to develop their sound. Because their first EP, Metal Circus, is very different from, like, Zen Arcade onwards. Yeah. But this is, like, when they they know their sound. And they're yes. making anything they touch completely their own. It's so transformative, and like after hearing this version, I couldn't listen to the Birds one ever again. Yeah, and I do like the Birds version of this song. It's mm. brilliant. It's just as emotive, but Husker Du just takes it to another level for me. And I do like Wall of Noise kind of style, so that helps. Yeah, it, it does very much help. And now we return to our regularly scheduled programming. It was the Scissor Sisters, bitch. <laughs> That was the Scissor Sisters cover of Comfortably Numb. And I love it. Now, everything about that should make me fucking despise it. But I don't. It's brilliant. Love it. I honestly, I thought I was going to pick this and we were going to spend like the next 10 minutes fighting. Not at all. Right, because I love Pink Floyd. And I specifically yeah. love The Wall. It's uh-huh. my favourite Pink Floyd album and one of my favourite well, albums ever. To me, you've subjected me to that on, on an occasion. Once. The, the movie version as well. It's not like I made you sit and listen to the album that was enough yeah yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> but i think that is a fantastic little cover of it and I, I love it it brings comfortably numb to a new vibe the kind of club generation the disco yeah, totally. and you know the comfortable numbness of that not just yeah depression itself to me it sounds like a this is this is gonna sound a bit harsh but like i mean this in a good way it sounds like a less good pet shop boy song 
okay. And I mean that. You're right. No, no, no. But I mean that in a way is like I find the Pet Shop Boys layers and walls of sound fantastic. I find the Mm. way that they develop music interesting. And I think the Scissor Sisters and this were on par with that, or you know, on the lower end of that. And I don't give that compliment to many bands. I think the way that they incorporate different beats and different little keyboard stings into the track really builds a nice ambience to it and gives me big kind of West End Girls vibes. Yeah. No, I just, I I think it's, I think it's really good disco music. Like I I do, I I think it's really good like disco. Yeah, for me it's like a disco Pet Shop Boys. Yeah. And I don't think I, I, they yeah. do this with like the rest of their songs. Not on that album, especially, actually. No, absolutely um, not. It's pretty much straight pop songs. Disco pop, like, different points. Yeah, totally. But, I'd like, say it's kind of more electro clash, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. But I think at the start with the... I, I know that the kind of tremolo picks guitar is a reference to Comfortably Numb itself, but it gives me big Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks vibes. Sure. And the okay. way that builds. And I like that. So tell me, Katie, why did you pick this? It's a good question. I don't like Pink Floyd very much. Mm. Which I know is, you know, the equivalent of saying I just love to choke kittens for music fans. No, but Pink Floyd isn't for everyone. I just, I don't, like, nothing about Pink Floyd vibes with me at all. As much as I would like to like Pink Floyd, I just don't. You know, nothing nothing about their music really seems to gel with me in any way. I'll be honest, and this is going to be sacrilegious for me to say, but I only like three of their albums. I don't think that's sacrilegious because I don't like any of their albums, so <laughs> you're in good company, to be honest. But I just think that that's a really fun song. And it's transformative as well. Yeah, the Sister Sisters have made it a really fun song. Yeah, because the original is depressing as fuck, but that's the point of it. Exactly. Like, and I would never take away from the original meaning of the song. You know, that's that's not. Mm. But I feel like they're two different songs. With they just so happen to have the same lyrics. Yeah, and I feel that this version doesn't take away from the original in any way, shape, or form. It transforms it for a different vibe, a different yeah. situation. Because there's different and, kinds of numbness. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even thinking about it on that level. Like, it's just a good, old-fashioned, fun disco song. Like, the numbness they could be talking about is anything. The numbness from drugs, the num- mm. numbness from, you know, like, whatever. Your feet but, after you've had a good time at the dancing. Oh. Listen, oh. if you've ever worn fucking heels to the dancing, Jamie, you'll mm. know about feeling comfortably numb. <laughs> Right, that could be the numbness. It could be animatronic herself said, "Oh, my feet are numb," and Jake was like, "Hmm." So you know, <laughs> I like your impression of Jake Shears. So. Just, <laughs> I've never heard him speak. Have you not? So no, I, no, I, I haven't. I just assume everything he says is high pitched and absolutely wonderful. I have a lot of respect yeah. for him as a musician. Oh, I love Jake Shears. He's done a lot of good collaborations with Queens of the Stone Age. Um, yeah, Josh Homme in particular. I know we're once again talking about radio, but have you ever heard Animatronics show on the BBC? No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that she does Eurovision and stuff for the BBC. Oh, nice. And I'm fairly sure she had a slot on radio too. Doesn't surprise me. She's cool. 
yeah, she's super cool and she's just really, really nice. I think the Scissor Sisters are just the nicest people. I really like this album, actually. Yeah, I love this album. It's really strong. Has a lot of great tracks on it. When they released this as a single, like a lot of my friends at the time were really into Pink Floyd. Because mm. I was friends with people who were really into Pink Floyd. And I loved this song and they were like, that is disgusting. I can't believe you like that. Blah, blah, blah. You should be ashamed, etc, etc. And it's like, why? Yeah, It's, it's all... a song! It's a lot of shite, that. What year did this come out? It was like 2005, Four. right? 2004. 2004. Again, so this was like one of the first yeah. years I was really getting into music. And yeah. before this before this came out, I was already really into the wall when played. And this came out and I was just like, oh, this is a cool new version of it. I didn't think yeah. anything pretentious like that. I don't hold songs in these fucking plinths that, you know, you shouldn't cover classics. Especially when they do something like this and make them completely their own. Not just straight covers. Yeah. Like, people who say you shouldn't cover the Beatles. Oh, fuck off. But then, like... Right. I'm not a big fan of the Beatles anyway, so... I'm not either. I'm not either. But that doesn't mean we need to put anything on a pedestal here. No, it really annoys me the snobbery that comes with some music criticism. Uh-huh. People are, like, really fucking hate the next track we're going to talk about. Yeah. And, yeah, that drives me nuts. I just, I went through a, a phase in my life where I was like, oh, pop music? That's so basic. Like, yeah, why same. would you like pop music? And now, Britney Spears is my bitch. Look, I was a pretentious metalhead. If anything wasn't metal, I wasn't into it a wee bit after this. And then I grew out of that because it's a load of shite. Stop being so elitist. Pop music's fantastic. Pop music is amazing. I was worse, though, because I was an elitist. Who exclusively listened to Muse? Oh no! Uh-huh. Your time uh-huh. was running out. My, yeah. How did it come to this? Indeed. Were you in a hysteria uh-huh. when you realised they were shite? Ah, uh-huh. I've run out of Muse song titles. Knights of Sidonia. Matthew Bellamy is a libertarian, and my love affair with Muse has ended, and everything's okay now. Yeah, no, I, I've always thought they were a bit pish, if I'm being honest. Never really got them. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from here because we don't need to talk about the tragic period where I exclusively listen to Muse. Next up, most controversial cover of today. Crazy Train by the fun-loving criminals. I found that track for the first time in a Ultimate Guitar Magazine list of the worst covers of all time. Along with my okay. ad, Comfortably Numb by the Scissor Sisters. See? Told you people hate it. Fucking elitist wank. I am a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan. Absolutely adore Crazy Train as a song. And I see no problem with that cover whatsoever. No. I think it's so smooth. And just, it's nice. It's chilled out. Genuine question though. Yes. Has Huey Morgan ever performed a song that is not so smooth you'd think you were sliding on a river of Vaseline? Yeah, that is a good question because I don't think he has. I think he's probably one of the smoothest men who've ever existed. Again, he has a banging Radio 6 music show. Mm. And I, yeah, no, I think this is a nice cover of this song. And it does like, yeah. change it up completely, gives it a swing beat, gives it a kind of nice little laid back feel to it. Yeah, totally. As the Honkin album cover 
kind of thematically <laughs> continues. Love it, by the way. Love it. I heard you laugh when we were listening to it when he does that bit at the start where he covers it to the letter because he copies Ozzy Osbourne's I, I, I. Who's him just going, I, I, I. <laughs> Huey Morgan shit I've ever so heard. Smooth. So smooth. Yeah, I think like the Ultimate Guitar Magazine's issue with it is that it takes out their solos and stuff. But yeah, if you actually listen closely to that guitar, it, I mean, it's minimal, but there it is constantly kind of freestyle soloing throughout the whole song. So it doesn't take away from the complexity of the track as a guitarist. And I think that it actually does a lot to highlight some of the vocal lines because of that. Yeah. Can I just say that solos aren't everything? Yeah, it's not all of what being a guitar player is about. And I think the licks are a nice counter melody in this. Mm. A bit freeform as they are, it works. Yeah, totally. And that organ. That organ's back. I think that, <laughs> this is one of the first times I realised I love that organ sound. You love an organ. Don't know why I love an organ so, so much. much. You love an organ. For some reason, it just takes a track into the next level for me. Yeah. I'm looking to buy an organ off any oh, So if God. anyone has an organ, like like the musical instrument, not like... A penis. Yeah. <laughs> or a heart. <laughs> that was my first you know, go-to for organ rather than penis. Good to know where your headspace no, is at. No, but every time you've been saying, I want to buy an organ, I'm just, I'm trying to form a good, like, buy a dildo joke, but, like, I can't. <laughs> Keep at it. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, I'll get there in the end. Like, maybe you'll have to edit me back in like, <laughs> when I wake up at 3am in the morning and just be like, oh my god, I finally got the joke. So what did you think of that then? Yeah, I liked it. Any more comments, Katie? <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. You're yeah. earning your pay today. Got a whole four words out you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I have no, I have no issues with it. Like, it strikes me more as like, like a comedy cover almost. I don't know. Like, but then, I don't think it is. No, if, but you know I mean, it gives me big vibes of. Did you ever hear Pat Boone's cover of Enter Sandman? Funnily enough, yes, I have. Weirdly, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But like, it strikes me as a song that was covered for the sheer joy of it. Yeah, absolutely. It oozes through it. They are having yeah. so much fun covering it. Precisely. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, it was done out of the sheer joy of the action, rather than we need to make the best cover of. Like, we need to make a cover of the song that's so good that Ozzy Osbourne himself will descend from the heavens on a winged chariot and be like, Shut up! Look, I'll, I'll be honest, I could see that Ozzy... That was the worst of Ozzy Osbourne, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you sounded like your old dad. I did, Shut up! I'm here, crazy train. <laughs> I can't do Ozzy Osbourne either. Shut up! I can't do accents. Yeah, there was a one time where you did uh, Austin Powers' impression that was so bad, like, I lost it completely. Like, yeah, I, it was so I, bad. And then you've never been able to replicate that bad one. Yeah, it was so bad I had to pull my car over because I thought you were going to vomit. Uh, it was so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I, I could see Ozzy Osbourne, like, I don't know, chilling by his million-dollar house in his pool with a mimosa, as yeah, the album oh, yeah. title suggests, listening to this yeah, and being totally. like, hey, that's all right, man. That was slightly better. Slightly better. Not much, yeah. though. Not brilliant. People don't come here for the accents, you know. I don't know. 
That's why I come here. Last tune this week. Okay. Are we ready to have a wee cry? A wee emotion break. <laughs> a small emotional breakdown. This is the Twilight Sads cover of Keep Yourself Warm. <laughs> Yeah, so if we're all finished crying, that was the Twilight Sads cover of Frightened Rabbit. I'm afraid I'm not finished crying, so you're going to have to hear me ugly cry for the rest of this segment. Yeah, I'm not finished crying either. I'll never be finished crying, to be quite honest. The first time we saw that cover was the first time they played it in Scotland. It was in the Liquid Rooms. It was a tiny, tiny venue packed to the gunnels. And yep. it was the most emotional gig I've ever been at. Not a fucking dry eye in that room. I was sweating and crying. I We have definitely spoken about this before because I speak about the Twilight Sad all the time, but I have never cried so hard at a gig in my entire life. So if you don't know the context of this cover, um, the original is by Frightened Rabbit and the lead singer, Scott Hutchinson, who was good friends with James Graham from the Twilight Sad, sadly took his life just over two years ago now. And so yeah. the Twilight Sad started covering this after he passed yeah and yeah it was it was a fantastic frightening rabbit song it's it's taken on a new i think it's transformed emotionally oh for sure yeah but like we... even if you like the specific version that we played there so this live album was recorded in three different places one of which was the usher hall at a gig we were at mm. and i thought it was all the usher hall uh, no it wasn't it was the usher hall the kentish forum and somewhere else mm. but at the end, you hear them add in lyrics from other songs, mm-hmm. other Twilight Sad songs. So your picture was still on my wall. We're standing outside and we're looking in. And I find it very overwhelming. Every time James Graham sings it, he's breaking his heart on stage as well. It's really difficult to like comprehend how like emotionally distraught he is when you're just listening to it. But imagine I'm going to go up and sing a song about your dead friend. I know it's a tribute, but like it must be so difficult. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I can't imagine anything worse. And every time he sings it, he's he's staring at the sky. Hmm. He's wanting Scott Hutchinson to hear him. It's like musically, it's not all that different from the original. It's not, but I think the transformation in this one has been from a song to a tribute, hasn't it? Yeah, and I guess the kind of context of the lyrics as well i mean the original song is about how you can't find love just by going out and randomly fucking people but yeah this twilight sad cover brings it into a kind of introspection of how we see other people and how we should look after people who can seem to be doing better than they actually are keep yourself warm takes on an entirely new meaning in this context yeah it's very sad it's yeah it's one of the most powerful tracks i've seen live yeah, me too. And every time I see it, I do like I cry like a little baby. Was that from the Edinburgh one? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, I'm fairly sure it was. But like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you for sure. I think he talks specifically to the Usher Hall at the end. Yeah, probably. So, we cut it off at eight minutes because yeah. eleven minutes was too long to cry for. Yeah, too upsetting. Five minutes. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I keep picking really emotional tracks to finish the podcast on and then getting like really emotionally devastated. When I was making the order of this playlist, I couldn't put that song anywhere else. Because anything else would have to follow that. Yeah. And you can't. You can't follow that. 
that's why yeah. they generally play it last or second last because mm-hmm. it is just an entire crowd singing along as well yeah totally in that version of it i think they followed it up with and she would darken the memory yeah yeah they did that's how i know it's the usher hall one because that's exact, yeah. the exact order they did it in but then they changed the lyrics in that to head up dear the rabbit won't die instead of the original the rabbit might die yeah very depressing stuff i'm sure you'll agree powerful though and if you again we've said yeah. this before if you ever get a chance to see them go because they are yeah brilliant. absolutely they are Bye. they are probably one of my favorite bands and yeah i'm really happy that something that is inherently very beautiful has come out of something so devastating yeah yeah because it is like like it's just it, it's so horrible the whole situation is just awful mm. it really is but, yeah but you know, imagine um, losing somebody like. To my knowledge, they were such good friends as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I can't imagine having to get up on stage every night and be like, "Okay, here's a song written by my dead friend." I think that song is very emblematic and representative of Scottish culture as well. Yeah, for sure. Like it is so in our own language. Yeah, totally. Perfectly encapsulates feelings that you don't hear in the mainstream pop. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that someone's kept that spirit alive. Mm, totally. Anyway, on this depressing note. Oh my god, it always has to end so sad on my... like. See the ones where I go second? It always has to end really sad. Like It's always either my dead granda or here's another dead musician or... Black Lace. Here, or, or no, Black Lace were first. I know, I know, that was, that was a joke. Don't bring black lace into this. Aga, do not. Oh, fuck off, right? <laughs> do fair. His criminal history was very sad. His so. criminal history was very sad in the sense that it was fucking hilarious. Because sometimes I get really upset and just think about the time that he did a conga around a prison. <laughs> like, do you not? Yeah. Next week's episode, we're going to look at foreign language songs. So, songs that aren't being sung in English. Because I tell you what. I'm sick of understanding what folk are saying. Shit him. Let us know your picks for this week in the comments. And let us know your picks for next week on Twitter. And why are they all Rammstein? Why are they all Rammstein? By the way, that is a, that is a minor spoiler because there will be a Rammstein track in there. Oh, there will be a Rammstein track and it will picking. be a fight. Yes! Okay. I'm not going to tell you which one I'm going to pick, but it's going to... Oh my god, all my songs are going to be German. Man. A lot of mine are going to be yeah. Japanese. It's going to be like I'm the Axis in World War II. <laughs> Do I need oh, to cut no. that? <laughs> no, no, no. We're doing an Italian one just to make it really, like, you know... Really Nazi-centric, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, hey guys, here's our episode on Fash Pop. <laughs> right, looking forward to it. So for this week, stay safe. Have a good Wash week, your hands. everyone. Tell your mum you love her.